morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you beautiful, amazing listeners who have been gracing you us with your presence for the past few days, episodes, weeks, months. I'm excited to have you come back here today to listen to an evergreen episode that we're so excited to put together for you. We're going to call this one how to get the perfect mortgage approval. It started with a conversation around the application process and why it's so confusing. It doesn't matter if you're an investor, if you're a real estate agent, or if you're in the industry. It's often confusing and there are so many questions. So we took the time today to bring you back to understanding every key component that you need to know. And again, if you have any interest in real estate, this is a must listen episode, understand the mechanics, and then hand it off to the experts like our team. You're gonna love this episode, I really do think so. Um, and uh, well, if you don't, then I'm sorry, but <laughs> go back and listen to some other episodes. We've got some great content, and lately we've had a lot of guests sending us uh, a lot of requests for old information, or I wouldn't say old, but previous episodes and asking us questions. So if you just are new to the show and you're just joining us, make sure you go and look at our back catalog. We've got everything from uh, real estate experts across the country. Uh, we've got investors. We've got ins and outs of down payments, hacks, you name it, all that kind of fun stuff. And we're going to continue to experiment with different ideas as we come up with more information on the show. Now, one of the things that keeps us going is these awesome iTunes reviews. So if you are loving the show, do the one thing for us that would matter today, which is to leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you're loving the show and send us a shout out. Let us know. This way we know that you guys are loving it and it gives us that juice to make to help us reach more listeners to give more information. So this week we have a five-star review from Liz and Greg. Uh, he says, best real estate mortgage and investing podcast out there. The boys in this podcast always deliver such great content that's easy to understand for the average listener. Great topics and guests, easy to listen to and totally educational. I'll catch an episode on the treadmill, on the road, or even while chilling in the hot tub. It's that good. These guys put a lot of energy and effort to make this podcast great. Keep it up, folks. Hey, thank you so much, Liz and Greg. We appreciate you so much uh, for listening to the show. We're going to make sure to send you a couple mugs and, of course, some coffee to thank you for the amazing review. If you could do one thing for us today and you haven't done so, please do leave us that amazing review. Shout us out on iTunes, uh, sorry, on Instagram. Uh, and uh, if you have any more questions about getting financing through the team here at Thrive, just check us out online, thrivemortgage.ca or at Thrive Mortgage Co. on Instagram. Anyhow, guys, that's enough for me. Enjoy the episode and we'll see you around the bend. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. All right, boys, back at it for another episode. Last episode was such a banger, uh, and we've had so many requests for more information as it comes down to how to get a perfect mortgage approval how to acquire more real estate and so much more. So then we're going to start doing these episodes that really just break down the different areas that you need to be thinking about in your real estate transactions so you can have success before you get started. We realize that now we're getting to a point we've got so many amazing people listening to our podcast you know, across the country that are, are just getting started, uh, are starting to invest in real estate and or they tried to do it all on their own before and have gotten stuck. So you're, you're actually at the perfect place if you're listening when you're listening, because of course you're listening if you're hearing my voice right now. But before we get into it, let's get some reintroductions going on here, guys. It's been a long time since we've reintroduced ourselves. Why don't we do a little roundtable here? Uh, we'll start at, in, at uh, Dean 
Lawton, introduce yourself, my friend. We know who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you sleep last night? What are you eating? Whatever. I feel like all I'm doing is uh, living and breathing loans. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. It's uh, It's been a busy market. It doesn't stop. And and as of right now, we are in the thick of it. And uh, pretty much, uh, you know, when you look at a day-to-day in our lives, it's uh, wake up, have a coffee and jump right into to financing. You know, let's get into a little bit. Let's let these guys into a little bit of our lives and and who we are. Um, Dean, if you're if you're down with it, you know, tell us a bit about uh, your your family life, what you do outside of the uh, outside of the office. Yeah, I enjoy golfing. I enjoy spending time with my kids. I have three kids under the age of five, so that keeps me very busy. And uh, yeah, pretty much out, outside of work, I am either spending time with my kids or I'm on the golf course. Kids, 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 and golf. Love it, love it. Hey, so if you made it this far and you're still listening, we're, we're going to get definitely get you some payback, but we think it's super important to hear more about uh, the guys behind the scenes. Derek, let's get into it. Aside from the fact that the, the puppies are keeping you up all night, um, what's going on in your end of the world, man? Uh, celebrating, obviously, a new child yourself i'll start by saying dean left out that he's building a pool so if anyone's around langley we'll let you know when it's done we're all very excited for that uh no yeah my name's derek obviously and uh yeah i've I've got a six-month-old kid she's crying in the background right now i i often have to text my wife to tell her to move to the other end of the house while we're filming these yeah house full of dogs chickens cats um also love golfing like spending some time in the sun. So I'm a little upset that we're getting into fall, but it is what it is. The market's going to pick up. And just like Dean mentioned, right, we've been, uh, it's been our busiest year, hands down, no question. Um, Growth in the team, volume, everything you can imagine. So we've learned a ton. Uh, And, you know, the podcast has been huge. Uh, A lot of people ask me, you know, how, how I feel about the podcast. And, and I think the best part about it is, is we go through so many different topics that, we think we know everything about, um, and it kind of forces us to learn every single piece about every single topic that we talk about, right? So it just opens up these conversations that we never would have had prior, um, and that's what I love about it. Like we get to have these conversations weekly, so um, hopefully everyone's finding value in these in these episodes because we definitely are. No doubt, and you left out the fact that you uh, once had a famous cat with sixty five thousand followers on Instagram. And uh, rest in peace, Mister Magoo. 67,000 followers on Instagram. Rest in peace, Mr. Go- Mr. Magoo uh, had a had a, a funny mouth thing going on with the tongue sticking out. So everybody listening, go check out Mr. Magoo. He's still alive on the Instagram world. That uh, Love that cat. Love that cat. So, yeah. um, And then for, uh, for everybody else listening, I'm Alex McFadden and otherwise known on Instagram as The Mortgage Pug. And yes, I do have a pug, two pugs actually, and they are my babies. And they kept me up all night last night. So... <laughs> dog problems so uh loving that life uh we talk a little bit about our personal situations living in langley as well and doing monster renovations this year so i think that's all of us and i'm excited just as much to go and spend some time in dean's pool when he's all finished next year (laughs) i'm building a resort resort. i am building a resort in my backyard that's the goal (laughs) future episodes and uh live streams from the pool we're uh with some margaritas we are looking forward to that and um yeah i'm extremely uh, to your point to riff on it derek extremely uh passionate about the educational component of what we do all day never ever wanted to get into this business to sell people but to educate people and build trust based on just being their guide to help them get through to the end of their journey so this is 
This is super fun. And this episode today is going to be a great starting point. I know you've listened to and heard all about us in the past, but a great starting point to really build the foundation for your success, whether you're a real estate investor or you're a first time buyer, or maybe you've done this a few times, but you're like, what am I even doing here? So an evergreen episode that shall live on forever. So we're going to talk about is really the perfect mortgage approval and what the bank's looking for on your application. Um, again, keep in mind that just because the bank's looking for certain things, it doesn't mean you can't get an approval. So we'll definitely preface by saying there's a lot of options for someone who doesn't fit the mold. But if you're trying to shape your application and just understand what ideally at least they're looking for on conventional lending, then this is a great place to start. And I think we'll we'll kind of start off with uh, the reason for this episode is because you know we take you know, 10 applications a day sometimes. And we see so many common errors and mistakes. And most of the time, it's just people just didn't know. And so it comes down to just educating you guys about the little tips that can help us help you get into it. The story really at the end of the day and, and kind of going forward uh, right into this is that the story of your situation is so important to us. We want to understand the why. N nowadays, there's so much easy access to literally just going and boom, clicking on a rate hub or a website like that and getting a mortgage. But their actual funding rates in terms of the people that click there to actually get approved are extremely, extremely low. And a big part of that is, well, expertise. But the second part is because no one knows your story. All they see is what you input into your application. So that, again, another reason why a lot of people come to us to, to help them with that process. So getting right into it, I mean, uh, Dean, you know, you started us off here with what, what are you doing? What are the goals of what you're working for? Do you want to give us a little bit insight into why that's so important and what we're looking for here? Yeah. What is the purpose? Like be very clear on what is the purpose of this application for this approval. So, you know, to your point, tell the story. Well, you, the story needs to start with a goal. And being really clear on that goal is what's going to help us tell the story. And so, you know, it could be a purchasing a brand new home for your for your primary residence. It could be buying a rental property. It could be refinancing to take equity out to buy another property. So the, the story can evolve, but it needs to start somewhere and, and being really clear on the goal and what you're looking to achieve is is crucial. Where we're going when we talk about the purpose and the goal is that a lot of people start a mortgage application. They don't really, they say that you know, we might be doing a refinance or we might be doing a purchase and they just don't seem ultra clear on what it is they're trying to do. Am I trying to purchase a home for myself by myself? Am I trying to buy a single rental property? And then what's next after that? And so creating a lot of clarity around your goals is so massive in building out your application, partially because you just need to have an understanding yourself. So when we ask you questions, it's helpful. Um, but also just because, again, the lender wants to know, hey, why are you doing that refinance right now? Where is that money going? Are you doing investments? Are you not? Like, So there's just so many key factors to know. And that's where the story comes in. Derek, you want to touch a little bit on that on that story piece in the application? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, uh, and that story piece relates to everything, right? Whether it's a, a previous separation or maybe there's a blip on your credit or or something changed with your job or like the purpose of the funds, like you mentioned, right? You want to pull out a hundred thousand dollars if we don't explain that to the bank red flag right like why aren't we telling the bank where that money's going so the more information that we have up front it just makes it so much more seamless as we transition through that approval and we get calls all the time um, from people saying oh well my bank gave me a pre-approval over the phone in, in 10 minutes no documentation no nothing it was just an application right 
And I tell everybody like that pre-approval is wrong, unfortunately, right? And you're going to go spend weeks, if not months, looking for properties just to find out that, you know, they didn't pull your credit uh, and they didn't run the numbers properly and they didn't look at your T4s. So, you know, doing all this extra work and it's really not that much work but going through this diligently from the beginning is so important to build that base of your application because that's what is going to justify your approval eventually but, but also it's important to know like you as much as you need to be clear on the purpose and, and what you're looking to do planning is a huge part of this too and an application does evolve and and you know we may get started with somebody and the story may change and that's okay you know part of what we do is we build the story together based on a, a thorough plan and somebody may come in the door looking to refinance and, and buy another property and then realize that you know there is another strategy there's another plan that may be better suited for them once we go through this so what you know being clear on the on the purpose is so important but don't let that hold you up if you don't know what it is right like you have to start and starting is planning and and that's how we can get to a point where we we are clear and we can help you with that the, the next question that typically comes up is around the timelines to getting started with an actual application or mortgage application it's such a frequent question that comes up hey i want to buy in four months six months 12 months and a lot of times actually that goal that goal timeline is extremely loose but it's good to know what that is when should you start your mortgage application guys what are your suggestions when you talk to most people i think there could be different answers but let's round table this I typically say it's never too early because, you know, if someone says, well, I'm thinking I kind of want to buy in two years, maybe we start the application now and we realize that like, hey, you know, if you continue on this path, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do in two years. So you need to pay off this car loan or, you know, maybe you have a couple raises coming like or, or maybe we can work on a co-signer. Yeah, I would agree. It's never too early because it's all about back to the plan i mean to your point we may realize that there are some blemishes on the credit there are some things that we need to fix and it's absolutely never too early in in fact it's probably too late and we need to start getting on the road to recovery and and work on those solutions or you know maybe it is maybe now is the time and and now you're not it's that opportunity cost right like the loss of opportunity when you know you could be sitting on the fence because you think you can't get approved or you think you can't do x y and z but really you can buy a property right now and that property could appreciate significantly over the next 6 12 18 months right so i love that word and and it comes up so often in real estate and, and is and real estate is an investment both for a home and and obviously financially uh Opportunity cost, really good one. And to your point about when to start the application or not start the application, I think generally speaking, it's just kind of ingrained in people's minds that okay, we, we get started right before we start shopping. Or, or sometimes the, to your point, you know, starting quite early where I think the confusion comes in is how far along in the application you should go. For example, maybe we do do an application with you and after initial assessment, we say, okay, well, it may not be worth sending in the entire doc package at this time because we are three years out or two and a half years, but we can have a 15 minute conversation to walk through that. A lot of the fear that I hear from people not starting their application is almost always derived from the same thing. I heard that from this person. Like I heard that I can't apply. I heard that you guys charge me a fee. 
I heard that, um, you know, like, I don't know, if I can't get approved now, then I won't get approved later. It's just all these myths that we hear from people and 99% of it is incorrect. But in addition to that, as everybody knows, or hey, maybe you don't know this, as a mortgage broker, we get paid when your mortgage funds. That's when it funds. So there are people out there in the banking industry who may not have that long sight vision. Thank goodness we help so many families. That's not even in our mindset at all. So maybe that that's one of the things that's helpful from working with a professional like us and a team is that we're not looking for the instant return on an investment. We're looking for how do we help you, whether it is three, six, nine, 12, 14, or whatever months away, get in that position. And then again, that's full transparency. That's how the industry works, right? So with that being said, around timelines, at least get an application and get a quick phone call in earlier than later, get some good advice. You can come back when you're ready. Moving on into you know mistakes or not mistakes around the actual details of the application, I think will be really helpful pe- for people to know when they're when they're going through their approval process. Yeah. Personal details, right? Yeah, personal details, hundred percent. And and just before we move on, I think like one of the key things to consider, and I know we're going to talk about this in future in more detail, but just around the documentation and 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 the details of okay. Who are you? Like, who who are you? What's your name? <laughs> it seems like such a simple question, but you'd be surprised. People remarried. People have different names because they immigrated here and they've changed their name to be more of a Canadian Canadianized name uh, or whatever the case is. And now we're we're realizing that okay, well, we just use the name that you go by. But um, what are the mistakes there? Well you don't exist. <laughs> that person doesn't exist. And now there's no credit or what have you. Like, it's amazing how many times I pulled credit uh, of a client that was remarried. And and we, you know, we have what's called a beacon reject, meaning like person basically doesn't exist, right? Well, that's a good point, actually. You know, sometimes we put in an incorrect last name, because that's what was put on the application. But there's no credit registered under that last name. Like maybe you just got married, right? So we're running an application and, and thankfully we're very thorough. Um, if you're working with someone that wasn't, they might just say, hey, you don't qualify. You don't have any credit. Sorry. And then you don't buy your house, right? Like you're on hold. You don't know what to do. Um, whereas we'll have these conversations and figure, okay, well, you got married six months ago. What was your previous last name? We try that and then boom, you've got perfect credit and it has all your credit history listed there, right? So something as small as that can literally jeopardize your application. So, I mean, we can continue to get a little bit more into credit here as we go forward, but that is just like right off the bat, guys, gold nuggets right here. If your name didn't show up uh, because maybe you entered in a different name or the spelling was incorrect or something of that nature, accuracy of information is so incredibly important. And I've seen this thing, this happen so many times firsthand where somebody's credit didn't hit because Equifax has the information wrong, right? Or TransUnion and they don't have it lined up. And so uh, again, looking for that information and taking the time out to make the phone calls to the credit agency, which is something we've done so many times. Again, check your personal information, check your details, know your Equifax account, log on and check your own yourself is incredibly important. One of the big things around accuracy on this information, such as like your previous address, you know, having a full three year history of your previous address, it seems like, oh, well, why do you need to know that? You know what, that could actually hold us up from from a lender perspective, like when if there is an urgent timeline, we are working in a, you know, a tight purchase subject removal, and we're, we're, we're missing like two years of your history, like a lender will say, Hey, can you get this? And now we're following up with you. And you know, you may be at work. So it's just like just being super accurate and thorough upfront 
will will prepare you for for seamless transaction going forward when it is time sensitive. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100. Well, let's get let's dig a little bit deep uh, deeper now into uh, you know things like your your income and and uh, history and what that looks like. So we've done previous episodes on self employed income, private lending, and and so forth. And this is a little bit of a trickier one to explain as it pertains to how you can get approved. But we can talk a little bit about what conventional lenders could be looking for in the actual application. Um, Common myths or thoughts around building an application is how long, things that you need to know is how long have you been at work? What is your work history and why? Honestly, even if it's an alternative lender or a private lender, often we want to know not just what you've been doing for the last six months. They want to know what you were doing for the last three years. Were you in school? Uh, Fill that information in your application. Let us know so we don't have to come back and ask you, right? Uh, You know, sometimes I hear people say, and actually quite frequently we hear people say, oh, I thought I had to be at my job for three, six months, 12 months, you know, one and a half years. But I mean, put it in in perspective from uh, a lender's standpoint, if you're, let's say, uh, a nurse and you went to nursing school and you graduated, now you have a permanent full-time position. I mean, you're you're locked in. So three months on the job or two months on the job, that may be no issue whatsoever. But if we don't have that history or context behind to understand that you were abroad or you were in school or whatever that was, it's it's challenging to tell that story for you. Absolutely. Or the fact that you, know, you may be part-time and you were on mat leave last year as an example right and and what does that look like you know how are we how are we verifying your income how can we use a two-year average is a two-year average even make sense or are we using a guaranteed income amount these are all things that are so important that you know you may be filling out the application and not know what to actually put there but once we get the documents and again we'll go deep on the documents because that one minute approval at the bank where they didn't look at your documents I mean, it, it's so vital because we are getting those documents and we're changing this information. We're, that's part of the underwriting process. We're, again, now starting to manipulate the story based on facts and facts are backed up with the documentation. And and it's so important that we look at those documents and, and verify income correctly because we could be making a plan that makes no sense and it's not going to work, right? Like I actually tell everybody not to stress the application. Like you could put a dollar in there for your income when you're filling it in, not that you need to, but we're going to change it and we're going to figure out what income's justified. Right. Um, the biggest thing I'll say about income, because there's so many myths out there. I actually had a, a really good realtor, long-term realtor she's been doing it for a very long time. Um, she was under the impression that an employee, someone working for a company needed to be there for two years before they could apply. Right. Like there's just so many little myths out there. And if you're unsure, like we will figure it out for you. Right. Uh, There's so much variance in income. Uh, We can get exceptions from banks, even if it isn't standard. Maybe it doesn't technically fit under the guidelines, you know, that Scotiabank offers. But if we can pitch a good story because we have the information like the mat leave or that you were traveling or, you know, you're caring for somebody that was sick. So you took a year off. Like if we have this information and we can uh, justify it to a bank, we can often get them on board. So it's just, it's really, you know, it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. There's a lot of work that goes into it from our side. So yeah, the more information, the better when it comes to filling in the application and, and paperwork. Yeah. Give us the history. Give us the story. We'll, we'll work on that for you. But this all leads back to, again, your detail and filling out. I know it sounds kind of corny, but literally filling in the application uh, or information, or again, sharing us with us, with us, the details to get there. Um, kind of, you know, jumping into some other parts that we see all the time when people are building out an application and trying to get approved for a mortgage or around 
co-signatures. Um, we'll get into that before we get into the location, but co-signing or co-applicants. We, we've done episodes on this. I think we're going to have to revisit this again in a future episode just because it's so prevalent and there's even more questions that we haven't answered yet. But uh, co-signing, what do I do for the application? Does everybody see my information? How many people can I have on the application? Yeah. I'll start off right away. You can have typically up to four applicants on a mortgage application with most lenders. I mean, there's a few very minimum exceptions on how that works, but generally if you're using someone's income, you, a bank's going to look for a maximum of four for a residential mortgage application. Um, so when you're doing that, it's very important for us that you try to put everyone, if possible, on a single application. Now, there are some privacy questions that people ask around, maybe I don't want my family to see every single detail. Personally, my feedback around this is if you're getting into a situation with someone where you're sharing this big of a financial resource, you should probably be comfortable with sharing quite a few personal financial uh, details with those individuals. And, and again, that's just my feelings surrounding it. Otherwise, you're trying to attempt to hide information. But uh, again, your feedback there would be, again, have everybody on the application and talk in advance about your financial situation so it doesn't come up throughout this process and you know get frustrated or, or stressed out about it. Yeah, I mean, I would say one of the most frequent questions I get when somebody's considering bringing on a cosigner is, what does the process look for my, my cosigner? And the answer is exactly the same process you just went through. It's the exact same. They are coming on the application and we are treating them exactly the same way as you when we go through the process of building the story, the application and getting all the documents. It is identical. Just imagine that you're buying the house with this person. Like yeah, you quite literally are buying the house with them. They're most likely going to be forced to be on title. They're doing everything that you're doing. They're going to the lawyers. They're signing the paperwork. They're liable for the mortgage. Right. So um, another thing that comes up all the time with co-signers is the process and the paperwork that's required. A lot of people, you know, maybe parents are 60 years old, not as tech savvy. Um, you know, their last mortgage they probably got 20 years ago. Um, it's a it's a more tricky and difficult process for a cosigner. Typically, we typically see, uh, you know, a little bit of older people struggling with that side of things. So we like to have a conversation with them. Like I like to get everybody on one phone call. So we can introduce ourselves, explain the process, you know, um, it's just, it's just typical for that age group. People want to go to their bank. They think it's easier. They think that they know them at the bank. So that's a big part of adding a, a co-signer is just having a very thorough upfront conversation about the process and what's going to be required. So, I mean, that leads into a, a question that comes up all the time, which I'm just going to riff on what you already said is how do I fill out this application online, over the phone, in person, all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, well, COVID has fast forwarded everything these days. So typically we like to see most applications completed online and it's not even that we want to. Most people want to do it themselves on their own time, shift work, night work, kids, dogs, life, whatever, all these different things occur. If you want to do it at four o'clock in the morning, or if you want to do it at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, the online source is really important. And one thing in our business I know to be true is we've invested heavily in finding very good uh, online software so that our clients can have a seamless experience. So uploading the documentation and filling out the application is really clear and obvious with little descriptions. But again, to your point, if you have someone who's a little bit older or a little bit unsure, um, can you fill this information out on the phone or 
or in person. Now we don't do in person anymore. Uh, taking kind of that part out of our business for the most part, with some very unique circumstances that we make some, some exceptions. But um, you can have the exact same impact or exact same effect doing it over the phone and having someone guide you through it uh, and so forth. At Derek's point: one of the biggest challenges that we see often is if your grandpa's uh, co-signing, or in some cases your parents, they're used to walking into a branch or a bank and telling someone the details face-to-face. You just don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to inconvenience yourself. You could be in uh, you could be in California or you could be in uh, you know, Europe and fill out the application. Uh, again, just something that needs to be said because it comes up all the time. Where do I need to be? I mean, it's also really important to understand that back to your point around software, how we invest heavily in, in that space is around security and like the, you know when you're putting this information online it, it's extremely secure uh software that we're using for for really the main purpose is to protect you and and when you're uploading those documents which again we'll, we'll talk about later but the document portion like sending documents through email is, is maybe not the best bet from a security point of view so like having a secure place to deal with these these items is really important and we take a we, we take that very seriously yeah, so pushing forward uh, throughout the application, we talked obviously about timelines, people, information, all that kind of stuff. I think the other piece is uh, the property that we're going to get, get, get into, the property and location. And so this should not be the last because it's the last on the application, but this is the last because it's the most important. So property and location yeah. are, uh, those two are the absolute most important. So I think to put some context to the listeners in place, the bank is qualifying you to make the payments, but they're actually qualifying the property for foreclosure reasons or resale reasons. And that is the collateral. That is the number one thing that the bank or the lender is looking at is this actual property that you're financing and the location of that property. It is, it's it, like it couldn't understate it anymore. So when we're building out an application, the only time we would typically have a specific property in mind is if you have an offer accepted or if you're doing a refinance, but that is so important. Guys, we had a client situation yesterday where they were uh, pre-approved for uh, a property in the lower mainland, so Vancouver area, and they were searching for just your typical everyday detached home. And then next thing you know, we had an application come to the door with an offer accepted in Williams Lake on a unique, uh, large, large, large acreage with outbuildings. Um, it's not the same to a lender. And so it's important and it must be said that banks look at that differently. Well, so it's so true. And like, you know, how many people do we pre-approve? You know, you're pre-approved. Like you said, you're you qualify for X amount of loan based on the payment and, you know, some estimated property taxes and what have you. And they go out and write a subject free offer because they think they're approved. Right. But to your point, the property is so important. It's the most important part. It is the security for the loan. The, the you know, a lender is not going to give you five hundred thousand dollars without security. And that is the primary piece of security is that property. And they Hey, they they they'll they'll lend on it if they like it and they're comfortable with all these factors that we can get into, like you know the condition of the home. I mean, you mentioned key reasons like, or key items like the property size and the location. But you know, what about the quality of the home? You know, what has it been? You know, was it built in the '70s and has it been upgraded since you know the, the original owner? No. Okay. Well, what is the life of that home? Like, how long is it going to live in its current state? Like, these are things that could either kill your deal, meaning the bank says no, like, sorry, we're not financing this property, or, you know, they, it could it could impact how much you qualify for. So you now no longer qualify for 500K, you qualify for 250,000 because the home only has 20 years left in its life, right? These are things that 
are, are looked at. It's more than just the value and the location. There's a lot of items there. And, and when we get into strata properties and <laughs> that's a whole nother ball of, ball of worms, man, like you, you're looking at contingency funds. What is the condition of the, of the building? Do they have enough money to keep, keep it, it maintained and fix the, the future repairs, the roof that needs to be done in 2022? Like all these things are, are so important. And that's why it's, it's so important to be to ensure that your lender is reviewed that property before you ever remove subjects. If you're actually going to write an offer on a property, let us know, send us the listing realtors, shoot us the listing, ask us if the, if the property seems okay. And we can do a bit of research. I mean, you know, sometimes when we pre-approve somebody it's based on one single lender because that one single lender has a really good program or policy, or they use a lot of rental income. Right. And maybe that one single lender won't finance in that location. We had a, a client bought a, a property up in Penticton. He wanted to do 20% down. Sure enough, the bank that we wanted to deal with, because it was Penticton, they, they considered it rural, uh, and they wanted a little bit more money down than 20%. Client didn't want to do that, right? There's just so many situations that you, you just don't really think about when it's, you know, you find the property you love, and it's just game over from there. You want it, you want to make it happen, and then you find out kind of the, the downside, that the stuff that can come up in financing afterwards. Well, you hear the emotion in the in the voice here. This is a hot topic. This is something that comes up so 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 often. I would say one of the biggest ones that's come up, not so much anymore, but in the past was previous grow up, right? Like the people that wanted to buy this beautiful home that was a hundred thousand dollars under market value, but it hasn't been on the market for seventy plus days or what have you, and it's a previous grow up. And I mean, you just you literally just crossed off almost every single institution in the country will no longer finance that property. I mean, there's a couple that will do it, but they're going to be higher rates. You're not going to get your best rates that you're seeing online or, or on the news or on the radio. It's going to be an premium rate and you're going to have a very, very small selection of lenders to lend on that property. So I, I'd say that one is like so important property location you know history of the property and that and that rounds out kind of the end of uh, the uh, main portions of the application that you would be seeing on a regular day-to-day -day basis so uh, a lot of points throughout there that people can trip up again as you can tell listening to this this is why you want to work with an expert here and what we do because we're just talking and riffing on this stuff as we go through the the conversation with y'all um listen i think we should cap this one here because we've got some more parts of the application process for the perfect mortgage approval that we can get into talking about you know obviously the documentations that lenders are looking for and then finally the actual submission process um what do you guys say do you want to do you want to cap this one and and then we'll move on to the next one or any parting thoughts i mean parting thoughts would just be <laughs> This, this I, I like to your point, the passion in, in, in this, this part of the, the process, the story, like the, you know, the, the property, all these things, we do take it very seriously. And we are passionate about it because we want to set our clients up for success. And, and the best way to do that is be fully prepared. And I think, you know, to your point, you know, where, where we go from here, well, why don't we get into the documentation? I mean, maybe that's the next one we do, but there's just, there's, there is a lot to the story and it, and being prepared is, is key. Yeah, my closing thoughts would just be around transparency, transparency. Um, we're here to work with you guys, right? We work for you. Um, if you've had a, 
a blip in your credit or, or a change in jobs, or there's something you don't think you should tell us, like tell us, we'll help you guys work through it. We'll figure out a way um, to work that into your application. The unknown is scary for us, right? Especially with markets like this, where people are going subject free. If there's something that we don't know and it comes up after the fact and you've committed to buying a property, it's out of our hands, right? If, if we weren't aware of it. So just let us know everything, anything and everything, and uh, we'll help you through it. No doubt. Transparency, sharing good information, um, just being honest, you know, uh, like we can help you if you help us through the application process and we're going to crush it and help you guys get approved. Make sure to leave us that five-star review. If you made it this far, you're loving the episode. If you made it this far, and if you want to check us out or work with us, find us on at thrive mortgage co or at the YBR Remo show on Instagram, give us a shout out. We'd love that. We'd love to help you or anybody else, you know, and we'll see y'all next time.